Can I say I won't give it up? <laughs> they hand them out at the airport. <laughs> like Lay's. Right? Like Hawaiian Lay's. <laughs> Here's your cuckoo clock. Uh, Eric Ramsey. Cheers. Cheers. Good to see you. Nice to see you, Bree. Um, I did a little bit of research on you, and uh, I didn't oh, find much. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it depends on how far you dug. Right. You'll find shit. Really? It's yeah. out there? Yeah, it's out there. <laughs> let's just go with what you found. Okay. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> I'll it, make up the rest. Right. It's pretty safe stuff. Um, I did see that you uh, grew up in Kansas. I did. And was music a big part of growing up for you in the house? In the house, not so much uh, until I got to be about maybe a junior high schooler. My parents got one of these. We, we didn't really have a stereo at all, but they finally got one of these console things. It had the TV in the middle. It's about the size of a... Of a Buick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One side had a, had a turntable. One side had a radio. Uh-huh. And... Um, all of a sudden, these records appeared that I'd never seen before. And okay. uh, Roger Miller's Greatest Hits, Nat King Cole. My mom was a big fan of Nat King Cole. and uh, But we never really played him. Really? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I don't know. Just uh, wasn't a part of the... No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, when I was a little kid, and we were still going to church, this was, I guess, before we became heathen. Um, <laughs> before you sold your soul. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have anything to do with that. It just disappeared one day. <laughs> uh, um, I can remember sitting in church and listening to uh, listening to the choir, and my parents would sing in the pews, you know, and my mom would sing a harmony, and I, I recognized. I didn't know what it was, but I recognized it. I knew what it. I knew that it sounded good, whatever she mm. was singing. Mm. So there was that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like no, it wasn't. We didn't have. Um, we didn't gather around the radio, you know, we right. didn't sit around and listen to records. And when did you, when did music kind of become a thing for you? I was walking by a record store and I heard the opening salvo of We're an American Band, that opening drum riff. Yeah. And it just sucked me inside. Yeah. And I looked on the turntable where it was playing and it was that yellow record. You uh-huh. Remember that? Was, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a gold, a gold record. And I said, oh, what is this? This is good. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know when that was. It was probably 74, mm-hmm. something like that. So I was in just in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you pick up the guitar at that point? Or, or how, how, like, how did you get to your instrument? Um, I, I started playing. I got my first guitar um, in like seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And there was a cool kid across the street that was maybe a sophomore in high school and he had a guitar. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I'd go over there and hang out and pester him and stuff and he'd play a little bit and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, um, I asked my folks if I could get a guitar and they said, oh, you know, they waffled because they know what happens when you give a kid a guitar, you know, what can happen to them. (laughs) They saw it happen to the kid across the street. Um, uh, but eventually they, they acquiesced and they got me this used Sears Silvertone, one of those, um, with the lipstick pickup in it. And it came in a, in a case with the amp was in the case. Super cool. Yeah. Really cool. Do you still have it? No, not that cool. I traded it for a piece <laughs> of crap Goya with three pickups and a sunburst finish, uh-huh. you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a great guitar. Yeah. 
Um, but I, so I had that and, um, I plunked around on it a little bit and, and listened to, I could pick up things on the radio and like, I don't even know what was popular back then. Now that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't do like a band in school or anything like that? I did, but I played trumpet. Okay. Yeah. So I played trumpet through junior high, I guess. I, I marching can, band, concert band, that sort of thing? Yeah. I quit just as, as marching band was starting because I didn't want to do the marching stuff. But yeah. we, we, it was a concert band, I guess. Yeah. As much as eighth graders can do concerts. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. Right. And um, all right, so you did high school in kansas and what brought you uh, to asu um i was uh i i won the state championship in high school tennis ten, playing tennis so okay. i came out here and i played tennis at asu oh i played intercollegiate tennis out here nice and um, was that division one at the time mm -hmm. no shit yeah that's pretty heavy yeah yeah it was uh, i've lived a bunch of different lives it's really it's yeah it, it is another lifetime ago uh -huh. Um, but yeah, so I did that and I came out here and went back my first, the summer after my freshman year and I worked in a stables and, uh, just, I, I knew I was going to end up back out here. I never went home. I mean, I never went, right. moved back home after right. that. Now, can you describe a little bit, um, like the town that you grew up in? It was w Wichita, Kansas. Oh, Wichita. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you, have you been there? No. It's like. It's probably about the same size as it was then, but it's 100, wow. 120,000, 130,000 people. Mm -hmm. Anyone from Wichita listening to this, I apologize if I've undervalued the town. <laughs> it was a great place to grow up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had a bunch of cousins, and my, my dad had a bunch of brothers and sisters there, so we had all that going on. Yeah. Um, do you have siblings? No. No, they gave up. They, they said, we can't risk doing Another this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you share some stories about um about Tempe and and um kind of the scene a little bit when when you were studying? Yeah. Yeah, studying? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um well the scene was Mill Avenue back then. Sure. And it was um it was a funky old college town. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't there was um, there wasn't a brand name anything there. Everything was local. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a great bookstore called Changing Hands Bookstore, mm -hmm. which it's is still, still around. around. Yeah, yeah, it's in in uh, South Tempe now, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, there were a couple of places that were sort of the hot spots. Um, there was a place called Edsel's Attic, which mm -hmm. was upstairs uh, on the west side of Mill, just before you got to like. 7th Street or 8th Street or something like that. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. No, or wrong direction. Uh, 3rd Street. Okay. Uh, the only way across the Salt River was the old Mill, River, Mill Avenue Bridge. Mm. So um, I think my sophomore year, we had a 100-year flood, and it took, took out the bridge. Um, no, I, I, I take that back. You see, I... I those were the brain cells I should have applied <laughs> to studying. Um, that Mill Avenue Bridge was one of two ways across from the North Valley to the South Valley mm -hmm. back then. The other one was, I think, maybe the interstate uh, bridge, I-17 bridge. Yeah, yeah, wow. It was crazy. 
but it was everything was very local. The Valley Art Theater was still there. Mm-hmm. Probably still the same gum under the seats, I'm guessing, uh-huh. or worse. <laughs> and uh, um, was Long Wong's around at that point? Long Wong's was not, not, oh, wow. not as that. The, the building was there. Right. I don't remember what it was called, but it yeah. wasn't called Long Wong's. Yeah. But this was, uh, this was probably well seventy six to eighty. 81, you mm-hmm. know, I think Long Wongs came around a little later, a little than, later that. than that. Yeah. But there was live music happening and, and you were aware of it or, or didn't necessarily participate in it, but you were aware of it. Oh yeah. 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 There was a lot of live music. Yeah. Walt Richardson was playing yeah. out there. Um, That's such a cool story. Can there, you share that story? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I walked onto campus. It might've even been the first day, the, my first day of classes there. And I walked through the Memorial, Memorial Union, and um, they used to have this series called Pop-Ups. And they'd throw a little portable stage up in the middle of the MU, and they'd have someone play. You yeah. Know. You would have done it if you were that age, right. if you were back here then. Um, I walk in, and there's Walt Richardson, and he's got, um, he's playing his Cat Stevens stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And he and uh, Hans Olsen, were the first two guys I saw when I came out here. Hans was playing. He had a regular gig at the Howard Johnson across uh, Apache Boulevard. You know where that is? No. Or where it used to be? No, I don't. It's right across the street from Gamage. Okay. Yeah, he had like a Tuesday night regular thing, and 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 um, there used to be a frat. There used to be two frat rows. There was a, the frat section over by the ASU football stadium, yep. which is all gone. Right. And there was one, the seedier frats were on the south side of Apache Boulevard. Uh-huh. And um, he would pack that Howard Johnson's on a Tuesday night wow. and just doing his solo thing. Like you know? blues, yeah. right? Yeah, well, wow. yeah, he, he blues for sure. Yeah. Um, but he did some Tom Waits stuff. He did more, some topical stuff. You right, know? right. Um, but it was just Hans Olsen, you know, wow. and, and a young kid. I mean, he was young back then. Yeah crazy if he was ever young maybe he's never ever been young <laughs> certainly has an old soul he does indeed <laughs> you know um and did you play um did you play guitar in college i did um not my freshman and sophomore years uh but i my junior year i met a couple of guys and um we put together this little band um and we were called well, it was one of those bands that we would change our names after we played somewhere so we could get hired back. <laughs> we were passionate, but not necessarily good. Right. You know? Right. Um, and we played Southern Rock by God. That's all. That's what we played. Yeah. We lived Southern Rock. Okay. I wanted to be Dwayne Allman so bad. Who doesn't? Yeah, right. You know? Um, so we gigged around a little bit, local places. Little Abner's, it's a biker's bar. Hmm. Um, it's no longer there. Uh, there was a place called the Village Inn Pizza, which became Chimmy's, which is right on the corner of not, it's on the south side of Apache just before you got to, uh, rural. And we had, I actually had a house gig there hmm. for, I don't know, six months or so mm-hmm. every Friday night. Cool. Yeah. We were, you know, we were kids. It, yeah. was, it was fun. Yeah. And it was a good way to meet girls. Sure. You know, uh, were you writing at that time or was it just kind of strictly cover stuff? No, it's just cover stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cover and loud. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. loud. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. So, um, and then as I told, we were talking on the patio there and, then um, I told you I didn't play for about 10, 10 years at all. Yeah. I didn't, 
um, I was traveling and uh, I got married, uh, my first marriage, and was raising a, after that marriage didn't work out so well, I was a single dad for a while. Mm-hmm. So that took up a lot of time. And uh, this is after college? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's way after college, actually. And yeah, you I, you were an electrician or a, a, a plumber what, what, or everything? An electrician. An electrician. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the main gig. You had to support a family. and Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd play occasionally. I'd, I'd get a Friday night at the Duck and Decanter, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a place on Scottsdale Road. It was called Sugar Daddy's. You remember that place? Have you, were you I, out here then? I think I played that place. Yeah. Uh, west side on the west side of the street. Yep. On Scottsdale Road, south of Old Town. Yep. Really funky. Yes. Like a voodoo vibe yes. inside. Yep. Yeah, and and like little breakout rooms, like yep. you know, like uh, little pockets of areas, and there was a little stage in 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 one. I'm almost positive I played there. It, that would have been early two thousands. It would have been. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. Four yeah. or five, maybe or. Or six somewhere around there. Yeah, I yeah. would say. Yeah, probably there. Um, so I, yeah, I'd play a little bit. Yeah. You know, and play at home when I had some free time. Yeah. I can't imagine that there was much of that as a, as a single father and a, and a full-time working electrician. Well, we had joint custody. So there were weekends that I didn't have my son. Right. You know, so I, I had some time. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Wow. But... Um, yeah, so um, I did that for a while. I was an electrician for God, twenty years. Wow, wow. think about it. I, yeah. l- I look back and go, really, God. <laughs> <laughs> you ever do that? <laughs> you ever think of things you've done in the past and you realized how far in the past they were now, and then you think, how did I do that? Uh, like how how did I? I can remember not sleeping a whole lot for twenty years. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That happens to me, but it's like stuff I did three years ago. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so the story goes is sponsored by Santan Brewing. Now, we all love Santan for their tasty beers, their award-winning spirits. And I'm here to tell you about a new indoor-outdoor event space called Santan Gardens. It's located at 495 East Warner Road in Chandler, Arizona, right next to their brewery and distillery. Now, you can rent out this space. It has a 150-person capacity in a safe, socially distanced area. It's indoor-outdoor. You can do a wedding there, a special concert, corporate event. But they're also going to be doing their own programming coming this spring. They want to do some comedy nights. They want to do some some music events. Check out SantanBrewing.com for more information. They will be posting about these upcoming events very, very soon. When um, when did you kind of find the scene again? When did you find your 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 muse again? Um, I my wife uh, my second wife. We've been together twelve years now. Nice. Um, she gave me an opportunity to quit being an electrician mm-hmm. and because she liked my music and she said, I, I think you should try to see where you can take it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, okay, 
Thank you. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it was the greatest, most generous offer ever. Yeah. And I'm just the luck. I'm the luckiest guy yeah. to be able to have, have had an opportunity like that. Yeah. So that was in um, two. Th- well, let's see. We got married in 2010. That must have been in about 2007. Mm-hmm. No, no. See, here we go. How are you? Are you going to edit? Yeah, this? I was just going to say gonna... I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to make you going to. It's going to be incredible. Really. <laughs> How long do you have to edit this thing? <laughs> You'd um, be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was it was probably 2016 mm-hmm. that I quit working. Do, we're doing electrical work, yeah, and uh, started playing music as full time as I could. As and you know how that goes when you mm-hmm. first start back into something; it takes a while to yep. build up a yeah uh, a name. But the most interesting thing to me was that once I had the time and was given the opportunity and gave myself the opportunity, Mm -hmm. gave myself permission to write, and the stuff just came like crazy. Like it had been hanging around waiting. Right. Yeah. For an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed that happening to you? Yeah. My my process... um, I'm a, I'm a like, let it come to me kind of guy. I, 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 I'm not the writer that wakes up in the morning and starts writing things down just to, you know, um, it definitely, I definitely have to have the lightning bolt strike me Mm -hmm. and then try to capture it, which is not the greatest. I mean, I'll be honest. It's not, there were moments in in my life where I felt like that songs I'd write a new song every week and 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 it and it felt like they were getting better and and um not necessarily more complex but 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 sharper and 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 some of the things that I was writing the lyrics I was like oh that's actually an interesting turn of phrase like pat myself on the back good job right it comes and goes you know um luckily for me in my band the sweet remains I work with two other great songwriters uh, Rich Price and, and Greg Naughton. So that's been helpful to, to be able to co-write with, with two writers that I respect and love and trust. You right. know, that's the biggest thing I think it, when you're in a co-writing situation is you really have to trust that your little nugget will be nurtured and protected in a way you know, right? Because you also don't want to give give something that you're proud of and then get it back, and it's just not th- there. You know, right? You kind of have to see eye to eye on some shit. Yeah, I I haven't co-written very much for that reason. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't found either the right person or the right situation or something, and and it, it's a terrifying thing mm-hmm. to give someone something and say, "Here, yes, what do you think of this?" Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, you have such a unique style um you play uh, a variety of instruments in it we've done a couple shows together and i'm always impressed uh with the variety right you can do a slide thing you do a finger picking thing you then you pick up a banjo and then you, you know like you don't have one gear what where do you think that comes from is that a reflection of the music that you listen to now 
Yes, I think that's a reflection of the music I listen to and have listened to. Um, I also think it's a function of of the tool that allows a song to come out. Because I'll write this, I'll write a song on an instrument and then have to play that song on that instrument for it to be rendered the way I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So. Um, I'm not a great banjo player by any means. I, I can play the banjo, but the banjo serves the songs that I've written on the banjo. Right. And I've tried to transpose those to other instruments and they don't work. Hmm. They don't, hmm. or I haven't taken the time to make them work, I hmm. think, because I like, I like the way they work with that specific yeah. instrument. Yeah. So, and, and do you find, and I know you work in, in various tunings as mm-hmm. well. Um, I find that when I pick up a guitar with a different tuning, immediately unlocks something i'm not just sonically harmonically um there's something about working you know in a in a format that you understand let's say but not in in a tuning so your forms your chord forms are different and that immediately gets starts gets the juices flowing do you find that same thing or do you do you write with intention on on a alternate tuning no, I let the tuning kind of dictate mm-hmm. what happens with the song. Yeah. Yeah. And the instrument dictates what tuning often. Right. You know? And, uh, right, right, right. So, yeah, I think that's a big part of, of, of um, using different instruments. And not only the, the timbre of the instrument and the style of play that certain instruments require, mm-hmm. but just the, the fact that, I, you know, there you go. There it is. There he is. It's three o'clock in Austria. (laughs) (laughs) This one's running slow. (laughs) You should just Brian has more than one cuckoo clock in his home. For those of you who did not know that, I need an intervention. (laughs) You should hear this. uh, You should hear this place uh, at noon. It's 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 uh it's exciting. You make the dogs next door howl and (laughs) stuff. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, I lost my cuckoo of thought completely. <laughs> Let's see. Um, oh, the, uh, the 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 not the not the timbre of the instrument, but um, oh, various tunings. Um, yeah, the the instruments, certain inst- like I I love playing the resonator. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an instrument that I want to get. I want to get more into. Yeah, you you should. I think. Yeah. I think it would really suit some of the stuff. Some of the stuff I've heard you play. Yeah. I think it really suit it. Yeah. And it would. I think it would unlock a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Stay away from the slide, though, dude. That's a yeah. that's that's the uh, that's the dark hole. <laughs> honestly, it's <laughs> it's a it's a place from which you can never return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that particular instrument works great for me in in G tuning and D open D. Okay. And then when I play lap steel, I, I like open C for huh. some reason. I don't know why. It just it just seems to resonate. resonate. Sorry. No. I, we have, I was waiting for it. Yeah. Thanks. You could have stopped me. You could have. I don't know. <laughs> um, and each one of those tunings on those instruments evokes a certain mood, mm-hmm. I think. For sure. And... Um, how do you keep it all straight in your head, though? Like, okay, this is open G, all right, and then you pick up another thing, and it's an open C, and then it, here's an open D. Like, 
I mean, I'm just, I'm fascinated. My brain does not work that quickly. You know, it's just time spent with it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, mm-hmm. And there are patterns. You know, mm-hmm. there are certain patterns that transpose from open D to open G by moving everything up one string, moving everything up the, up across the fretboard one string. Interesting. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's that. Um, but mainly it's just spending time with it. Repetition. Yeah. 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 Do you have any favorite artists who, who use those techniques? I mean, I can think of one, and she's looking at me right now. Uh-huh. Um, Joni, I don't understand how she can do that. I, she uses tunings. I can't even That's what I'm, imagine. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, I have no idea. She has to have, I think such an encyclopedic knowledge of the fretboard yeah. to know what everything is, regardless of what tuning she's in. Right. You know, right. she knows where an E is on the fourth string. If she's playing in a C sharp tuning. Yeah. Or, I, I don't know. It blows my mind. Or maybe not. Maybe her ear is so good, and and maybe she just sort of lets the universe guide her, mm. and she's done it for so long that right. she knows what'll work. Right. I don't know. That blows my mind. Yeah. So, do you have a favorite artist that, or someone that kind of stylistically that that you uh, are inspired by? Several. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like David Lindley. You know, he was. You know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of turned me on to the Weissenborn style, uh-huh. uh, flat uh, lap steel stuff. And um, I really like uh, Taj Mahal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, I've always been a big fan of John Hyatt, too, mm. of his songwriting, particularly. Yeah. But, um, I like the most of his stuff's pretty raw and pretty, pretty rootsy. Mm-hmm. And so I like him a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Jackson Brown, you know. Yeah. Um, Early on, I told you I wanted to be Dwayne Allman, mm-hmm. and he didn't write much stuff. But that's where I kind of picked up Bottleneck, was, mm. was learning how, was trying to cop his solos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I happen to know that you are a Grateful Dead fan. I have been so accused. Yes. <laughs> I've spent a lot of, yes. A uh, couple questions. Uh, you've seen them live? Did, have, did you? Many too many times probably do you have a favorite do you have a favorite that comes to mind favorite tune no a favorite show favorite oh, era um gosh the best show i ever saw i think was over in irvine at irvine meadows um it would have been 86 or 88 <clears throat> something like that i saw him here a bunch of times they had played a great show out at uh, compton terrace the old compton terrace mm-hmm. down south of town mm. Um, uh, I saw a great show at the LA Coliseum. I didn't, I didn't tour with them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go on the East coast, uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'd see them when they were within hailing distance here. Sure. Um, it's fun going back to see all those old YouTube videos. Cause mm-hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of people were taping yeah. videoing that I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Do you have a favorite era? Grateful dead. Yeah. I think, Probably um, all of it. <laughs> now, my least favorite, I think, was the built to last era, the, the very last part. Uh, um, but even even then, there were nuggets that were just spectacular. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think when they were full on psychedelic, um, I have a harder time holding on to that. Okay. Um, 
like Mars Hotel psychedelic? No, um, like Aoxamuxoa psychedelic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'd say, let's see, Mars Hotel is like 74, 75. Mars Hotel. Um, yeah, that's hard to beat. I think, well, anything from Europe 72 on. Yeah, I was going to peg you for a Europe 72 guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of Disco Dead. Yeah. You know, the uh-huh. Arista, Arista years. Okay. Uh, something Go about to the, heaven. Yeah. Something about those grooves and the, and the, the production, they like, I don't know. They, I, I feel like they hit, they hit a stride and I'm also a Brent, Brent Midland fan. Me too. You know, I thought he was just fantastic. He was my favorite yeah. of all the keyboard, all the dead keyboard players. He yeah. was my favorite. Right. Yeah. By far vocally too, but incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a badass singer on top of all the other shit. I mean, yeah. I was, that's my favorite. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a short break. I might, I might uh, upgrade to a beer. I think you should. There's an extra one over there in the cooler just for you. How many folks out there are renting currently? I was a renter in Phoenix for probably 15 years. It took me that long to muster the courage to ask my friend Kate Anderson of the Engstrom team to help me find a home. Now, it didn't happen overnight. It took a couple of years to get my stuff together. But the Engstrom team, which is a mother-daughter real estate team with Cold War Banker Realty, they helped me find my first home, and I couldn't be happier. I had so many questions about the process. You know, what documents do I need? What is it? Blah, 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 blah. And Kate walked me through this whole thing. It's like another language. They have a ton of experience here in the Valley. They know what's up. If you're looking to buy, they can help. If you're looking to sell and upgrade, they can help. Give them a call. 480-250-1936. So on the, on the break, um, we were listening to your live record, right, raw, or wrong. Heavy emphasis on the last two. <laughs> You were telling me a little bit about um, how and where it was recorded, but I wonder if you could you could tell that story again for us. Yeah, sure. It was recorded live at the uh, Prescott Public Library up in Prescott, Arizona. And um, there's a woman who curates a, a monthly show there. And uh, she'll bring artists up from the Valley or... or from wherever she can, she can find them. And they have a, a little room offside off the side of the library. <laughs> what is the funny? Uh, nothing. I had one beer. That's the, <laughs> that's what it is. It's one beer before nine o'clock at night. Um, and, uh, maybe you need another one. Well, yeah. Then, 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 well, maybe, maybe the cuckoo clock needs to go off again too. Um, Oh, don't worry. It will. It's coming up. Um, so um, they have a room off off the main library, and it ha- it holds maybe 120 people, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they have monthly shows, and she has a nice PA system, and and um, it's a free show for the for the community there. Mm-hmm. And um, you played, I played like an hour hour set, an hour and 20 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she recorded it on her iPhone, which blows my mind. Through a great a great PA system, she has a, one of those nice the higher end Bose systems. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. Um, 
And then I, so I, she sent me that feed for, from the phone and I gave it to my studio guy and he turned it into this record. Wow. Yeah. I was amazed at how good it sounded. Yeah. 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 Sounds, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed it was recorded on an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't, I think listening to it. And the thing that I'm most impressed about is that I didn't realize it was being recorded. So I didn't make very many mistakes. Ah, you know, because I don't know about you, yeah. but when I see the little red light go on, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, does that happen to you? It happens when like um, you're playing and someone comes up and they're clearly filming it, you know. And I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, shit, don't fuck this up. What was the line again? Oh shit! Yeah, that's when I that's when it happens to me. I'm better in the studio, I would think. Than in that scenario, for some reason, uh-huh. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm better in a duo situation or or a trio or something like that mm-hmm. because um, I think every you're focusing maybe on your musical partners mm-hmm. and the parts you're playing rather than right. just having it all right there in front of you and you right. oh oh someone's right. actually listening to this <laughs> oh. and could potentially tomorrow. And the next day, and the next day, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it turned out great. I was I was really pleased with it, and yeah. um, you know, I ended up with a live record. And this is probably the closest. My studio records are um, a lot of the songs are on this live album, mm-hmm. um, but these are the way. Like I, you know, I never play the things the same way twice when mm-hmm. I'm playing them live, and so this is this is a very good. Um, Example of yeah, yeah. representation of, of what a live show is. Yeah. Well, your world goes by so fast, and it don't make no sense. And since I'm here all by myself, I don't have to think in present tense. My views don't ever change. It's true. I donate up all the scenery. Here in my cocoon, none of that matters much to me. Don't want to be no butterfly. No, I don't want to sprout no wings. Want to stay where I'm safe and warm and think my unhappy things right here in my cocoon. Just let me pupate here in peace Here in my cocoon Why can't you all just let me be? And let's talk about cocoon. Okay. Because it has a very interesting word in it. Yeah. Yeah. What happens in the cocoon, Brian? <laughs> what it, goes on in there? Is it is it pubate? Pubate? Pupate. 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 That's yeah. what happens in a cocoon. That's what happens in a cocoon. Yeah. You pupate. You are if you're a caterpillar. Yeah. 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 Uh how did that song come about? I couldn't tell well, I can tell you, actually. Tell me. I was uh <laughs> I think I wrote this in 2017, so it was pre-COVID, although it has totally become the COVID anthem for uh-huh, me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I have those too. I love that. Yeah. Um, I was part of a, an online songwriters group. 
Oh, and, cool. And the first, the prompt for this particular round was Cocoon. Mm-hmm. So you had to write a song with Cocoon in the, the lyric or in the title. You right, know, or, or, right. And right. so, as you might imagine, there were songs about growth and metamorphosis and, you know, spreading your wings and flying away and stuff. And, and for some reason, what came to me was this caterpillar, because I'm kind of a curmudgeon, I guess, generally. That's not true. But um, a caterpillar that didn't like the way things were out there and wasn't going to leave his cocoon. I see. So that's where it came from. I see. That's why the first line is, I don't want to be no butterfly. Uh-huh. I don't want to spread, sprout no wings. And, and uh, there's a song that, that I wrote that it called Barrel Man. And the music came first, right? And I just thought it had to be about, it, it had to have a nautical theme. So I went to Wikipedia and I punched in nautical terms. And it pages and pages and thousands and thousands of nautical terms. And because I'm impatient, I got to B, A. <laughs> and I said, if it's not in here, I'm not writing it. And so that's, that's how Barrel Man came about. And I wondered if you learned what pupate was and then that inspired the song. Or did you like, you already knew pupate. I did. You've been pupating since the 70s. I've, I've been pupating since longer than that. I just haven't fledged yet. <laughs> oh, Another technical term, I'm sure. So you you already knew that you had that you had that word in your back pocket. Yeah, I knew the word. Yeah, yeah, that 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 came about um, in the songwriting process. Okay, I got you. Well, it's a very cool tune. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, you've played your song Barrel Man in the shows that we've done twice, yeah. and it's a great song. Oh, I really thanks, dig man. It. Thank you. Yeah, I'm proud of that one. That was you know that's one of those that that um, I don't know if this happens to you but but as i said the music came first and it dictated the theme you know i have a couple of those songs that that whatever the 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 chord progression or the melody attached to it to me had had to be about a specific thing and not even something that i knew about prior Uh so you had i had to you have to research like what is this thing i don't know how am i going to sing about it if i don't if i can't talk about it you know so growing up on the East Coast, were you uh, involved in sailing and, and no, not at all. nautical stuff at all? Not really, no. Huh? no. So, that, so that wasn't in there somewhere? No. It wasn't... Uh, I mean, I, you know, you know what a, what, what the, where the bow is, you know, you know what the, where the stern is, you know. But beyond that, I was, that's it, man. That wasn't part of your upbringing? It wasn't part of my thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, tell me about um, this uh, um, blues uh, award uh, that, that you got, it was a couple years ago. Um, no, I won it actually, um, this is the third time I've won it. Damn. Um, it's called the Arizona blues showdown mm-hmm. and at the rhythm room, it was at the rhythm room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just a competition for, and I'm a little ambivalent about the idea of musical competitions, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Um, you play a set and you play for judges and they say, hmm. well, that was, you were okay. You were better than that guy. You weren't better than that guy, which is, that's weird. That's also weird. Um, but, um, they liked me enough that I was able to win. Mm-hmm. And as the winner of that, I, I'm entitled to go to Memphis in January, the end of January for the international blues challenge. So that's coming up. Yeah. It's coming up next year Awesome in, in January. 
And so that'll be, I don't know, maybe 200 acts. Half of those are solo or duo, and then half of them are bands. So this is happening throughout the states. Like every state will will give a, a solo yeah. duo act and then a band act, and they'll all go to Memphis? Right. The winners go to Memphis Damn. for this big... Con- and they, they come from all over the world, too. They hmm. have bands from Europe and bands from... Cool. Australian things like that. That's got to be a ton of fun. It is, yeah, it's fun, and it's um, it's uh, it's it's a wild week. I mean, you play, I'll play a set on Wednesday, a set on Thursday, and then if if I move on, I'll play a set on Friday, and then I'll play a set on Saturday if I get to the finals. Wow, have you gotten to the finals? I haven't. I've gotten to the semis. Cool. Last year I got to this, or last time I got to the semis. Yeah. So. Uh, it's an, it's an odd an odd kind of thing, you know. I think there's a certain look that mm. that, that they're looking for. There's mm. a certain vibe to project. That's mm. what I've gathered in the last the times I've been there before. Mm-hmm. I've always felt I performed well enough to get to the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's there's maybe a lack of cachet coming from Arizona. Mm, mm-hmm. um, oh, but how authentic can your blues be right. if you're living in Arizona? Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like sour grapes when the guy who doesn't get to the final says it. You know. <laughs> so I'm aware of that, and that's not that's not the way I intend it. Um, but regardless, it's it's fun, and yeah. uh, hopefully my wife will be able to go. Cool. So if nothing else, we'll have uh, five days in Memphis without dogs or kids. You know, great yeah great. have you obviously you've been to memphis before mm-hmm. is it a cool city i've never been there yeah yeah it's cool i've been to beale street uh, you know essentially yeah. and and we've gone to some of the tourist things that are that are near there nearby there mm-hmm. um but it's yeah it's i mean there's music all the time there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on down there mm-hmm. and everybody's good mm-hmm. you know I've never been to nashville uh and i know what i have friends from nashville i know you go there quite a bit um and everybody and his kid brother's a monster player in Nashville. And it, it's it's like that in Memphis, but on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. as, as I would imagine. And has is that how you kind of got into touring? I know you did you do some touring typically in Texas, and did that, did that was that a result of of this blues events, or was it a result of just pounding the pavement? Uh, it was a result of being uh, invited to this songwriters festival in uh, in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is just outside of Austin, mm. um, a few years ago, and I made a, just a ton of connections there and met a whole bunch of artists and and people who have house concerts would come to this festival and mm. and. And then a lot of pounding the pavement. I mean, mm-hmm. that would get me to a general area, mm-hmm. and right. then then you pound the pavement around it. Around it, <laughs> you know very well how <laughs> yeah, that how that works. I do. Yeah, I do. Do you have any touring on the horizon beyond beyond Memphis? Not at the moment. Uh, I'm I'm going to try to put something together maybe for next fall, mm-hmm. maybe next summer. I, it might be too late for that now, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, I had a, I had a fall tour last year that was canceled because of, of things kind of broke out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I, I kind of lost momentum, mm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, if that happened to you, or if you felt that or not. A thousand percent. Um, I lost momentum in like every sense of the word Yeah, in every facet of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did too. Uh, yeah. I, um, 
Did you find, were you able to write at all? I felt completely uninspired. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It just went blank. I had, once things locked down and it was obvious that nothing was going to happen for a good long while, I set these goals and I had, I had, a, I had a great plan. I was going to learn how to play harmonica in a, in a rack, mm-hmm. in a neck rack. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was, um, you did some live streaming. I know I, that I did some, yeah, yeah. I did these, these lo-fi, um, I did my co-video series. That's right. That's uh, right. I did a, a, a video every single day for 68 days, I think, because oh, that's nice. all the original songs I had at the time. Uh-huh. And every day I'd go out to my garage and I, they're of dubious quality, you know, sound quality is okay. Video quality is horrible, you know, cause it's in the garage and there's right. a refrigerator in the background and you know, shit hanging off the walls. Um, and I thought maybe I'd achieve cult status from that, but that didn't seem to happen. <laughs> you know, maybe you should have looked for like a, a refrigerator sponsorship. Well, that never occurred to me here. I'm here. I'm just here for ideas, Eric. Okay. Um, these are all free. Really? Well, I, mean, I am going to send you an invoice, but that one's free. Okay. All right. Well, uh, um, what, can I ask a question or will that, will that be an additional fee? <laughs> no, shoot. What do you got? Um, what kind of refrigerator company? A mana? I'm thinking Viking. Viking. I think oh, you want to high end stuff. End. Yes. Really? You, you're looking at me. You're looking at me across the table, and you think you think this face is going to get high end. High end. Shoot for the stars, dude. Well, wow. man. All right. Whatever that cost, it was worth it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did the live stream thing, and it just it felt too odd. It was really odd, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You you did it. Um, did you do every day? You did happy hour thing. I did. I did Monday through Friday. Okay. And I did a hundred episodes. Wow. And it just was too odd. I yeah. mean, it was great. It served a purpose, right? It okay. kept me sharp, gave me something to do. Right. I knew what day it was, knew the time. <laughs> right. You know, um, but just the sterility of those shows. And, 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 you know, not to say that there was a, there wasn't interaction. I, I had my laptop open and I could kind of in somewhat real time interact with people, but I'm singing into a fucking phone. Right. By myself, it, like how depressing is that? And um, again, it, it served a purpose. You know, I learned a bunch of songs, but I didn't. I wasn't really writing. I just, I it was just the shit was too bleak. Yeah, I, I didn't see any light. You know, um, and once that was done, I said, "All right, well, I've always wanted to do that Steely Dan thing, and do my acoustic versions." So I did that. And that was great, but we, could, we couldn't all do it together. You know, yeah. it was that piecemeal thing. I'd record it upstairs. I'd send it to the band. I mean, they killed it, but it just wasn't that. That was like half the experience that a normal project like that would would be. Sure. Um. Anyway, all that to say, I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that there's work, and we can see each other and play for people, right? And feel love and uh you know, just feel the thing again, man. Right. And put that stuff back out there to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you notice, um, an increase 
in appreciation. Like we play some of the of the same places. One of one of which is Short Leash, which is a great um, um, locally owned um, hot dog and donut and beer spot. Three right. of my favorite things. Um, have you noticed an increase in appreciation for gigs from, I, from the audience? Yes, I have. Yeah. Initially, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe that's waning now, or maybe that's just, they're tired of my shit already. <laughs> but no, definitely. I think people yeah. were, were starved for it and yeah. maybe, maybe took it for granted before it was taken away from them. Right. Right. And didn't know it, you know, didn't know how much they took it for granted. Did you take it for granted? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It just was, right? I, I, you know, right. It was, that's what I do. Right. And, you know. Yep. I, I, I completely took it for granted. And I didn't realize how much of my own self-worth I tied into loading my shit in the car mm. and going to the gig. And whether it was a good gig or a bad gig or it, it was what I did. It's yeah. what you do. Mm-hmm. And when I was no longer doing that, it, it affected me on a psychic level. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, like, well, really, what, what good am I? Yeah. Honestly. What is my value? Right. What am I giving to society if I can't do the thing that I think I'm here for? Right. Right. Yeah. Totally can relate to that, yeah. to that feeling. That was a, it was a worldwide situation for all creative people though, I think. Yeah. And, and people who are, were just trying to get by with whatever they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, so I hate to sound like a, like a whiny little bitch, but it was a world. It wasn't just me for right. sure. I understand that. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Glad we're on the, glad we're on the opposite side of it. Me too. hope it stays that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's next for you? What's next year looking like for you? How's this, uh, this, this checklist, this COVID checklist, are you attacking that again? Uh, let's get that harmonica out. <laughs> well, we you know, I can play harmonica a little bit, yeah. but I can't, I either haven't found the right rack huh. or haven't, um, figured out how to position it. I, I can't, mm-hmm. I know I, I can't, it gets in the way when I sing, right. I knock my teeth when I get to the close to the mic right, or, right, I, or right. I can't get to the thing and I'm stretching my neck out <laughs> trying to get to it because it's moved. Right. You right, know, right. it's just, it's not a good look and, and it's right. not, um, and I'm never, ever going to be Hans Olsen. You know, I'm yeah. never going to be a shredder on the thing. I just, it's nice to add some texture. It's a great texture. And do you, do you play? I don't. Yeah. I don't. Why? Why not? Same reason. Yeah. Same reason. Same reason. <laughs> Same reason. It's yeah. not a good look. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, um, what I'm really trying, well, I've been playing, uh, in a duo with a guy named Robbie Robertson. Mm-hmm. You know, Robbie, don't you? I, I don't know if I've met him. I, I certainly know the name Yeah, and he definitely has a reputation as being an incredible player. Yeah. We bring kind of the same things to the, the to the table. When we play a show together, we'll each bring like seven instruments mm-hmm. and we switch off and, 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 uh, we do a lot of original stuff, but anyway, um, we're, we're working on that together and that's kind of, that's, that's, that's cool. fun. Yeah. I've, I've written a little bit. I've written a few things uh, in the last couple of months, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're any good yet. You know, how you have mm-hmm. to work them for a while mm-hmm. before you realize no, or yeah, maybe that'll be really okay. tested a little bit. Yeah. Um, and what about you? I know you got, had a trip to Europe and you have something in Europe in the spring. 
Uh, not in the around? spring. I'll be I'll be around. Um, my two main projects, The Sweet Remains and Live from Laurel Canyon, were, are going out on the road. Great. If everything happens the way it should. Yeah. January, February, March, um, a lot of road dates, <clears throat> which I'm really looking forward to. Um, cause as, as we were, as you were just saying, um, I find the, the sense of self, uh, in touring. And if I can't have that, then, you know, what am I or whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, so <clears throat> really looking forward to next year and it's going to be a great run. We're playing a lot of great rooms and we've been really fortunate. We, we work with an incredible booking agency. Uh, called SRO artists and they, they put us in like, you know, the MIMS of the world, you know, which right. is incredible. And, uh, um, so yeah, looking forward to that. But, um, uh, the sweet remains we're, we're doing some writing. Um, we have a, we have a bunch of material, I think for another record, just a matter of, of getting together, um, and, and fleshing it out a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's easy to have a, an album's worth of material when, when two other writers are in the band, you know? True. So we can split that work up a little bit. True. Do you find it hard to do the polishing and putting things together since you're not living in the same place? You don't, you don't actually physically occupy the same space for very long. Yeah. We, so our process is a little, is a little different, let's say than, than a normal band because the two other guys are in the, on the East coast. So when we get together, we're writing <clears throat> new material. We'll send demos, like we'll start demos at home and share them. And we can do that, you know, so we can do a fair amount of pre-production. And then, you know, we'll go into the studio for three or four days and try to knock it out. And <clears throat> that, that project also works with a great producer, um, a, a gentleman by the name of Andy Zula, who understands our stuff on a molecular level. You know, so he really knows how to tie it all together. Um, but yeah, the, it's it's an interesting band uh, in, for a number of reasons. Um, we like to say that we're geographically challenged. Um, <laughs> any normal band would not have lasted. Gosh, what are we now? Two thousand and yeah, fourteen years together. You wow. know, four four studio albums, working on our fifth. Yeah, yeah, working on our fifth. So. Well, that's a, a testament to the chemistry you guys have, for that sure. Too, yeah, and and a testament to the fact that you must like working together, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and our work put quality stuff out. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that's yeah, that's great. It's nice to have that. But yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's nothing you take for granted either. No, you know? well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not anymore. Yeah, that's it's a, a, that that band is a ton of fun. It's really fulfilling you know and it's cool to have a number of of projects like i i don't know about you but um being able to do and make different music uh day after day is really satisfying for me collaborating with other people uh one week and then you know come home and do some solo shows and then go out on the road and do something completely different and and so that's very important for my sense of my sense of self, I guess, you know, having variety. Sure. Yeah, well, it keeps you from getting stale in any one thing too. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's great. I would, I, I there it is. There she is. Is that the same one? Yeah. I thought her voice changed. <laughs> huh. 
He's getting older. Maybe she was pupating in the <laughs> ensuing hours. <laughs> it's like Sesame Street. This episode is brought to you by the letters R, the words pupate, and the number five. Yeah. And the color green. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's very cool. This this is a cool thing you're doing, the podcast. Thanks. I know a lot of people are doing podcasts and, yeah. and uh uh, my son is actually, um, he graduated college now three years ago and he's got, that's what he does. He produces podcasts for people. No shit? Yeah. He won't do it for me, but he does it for other people. <laughs> I didn't realize that. He's a big, uh, baseball player. He was, yeah. He was. Yeah, he played uh, Division One. Wow. Didn't get drafted, so didn't want to kick around the uh, the independent league. leagues. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, yeah. He's okay. He he said it was an easy decision to make. Really, I hope he uh, when he gets to be thirty, he doesn't say, "Man, why didn't I?" You know. Yeah. But yeah, it's all right. And and so he he went and studied communication or something in in college or business and communication. Yeah. He had a, so he uh, has so he knows what's up. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's so much more together than I was at at twenty four. Mm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. In so many ways, you know, I, yeah, let's not talk about him. He pisses me off. <laughs> not really. He's, he's, he's a good kid. <laughs> just, if you want to feel worthless, right. Uh, just have a very successful 24 year old <laughs> right? <laughs> to remind you. Right. Yeah. 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 It's nice to say that part of my, that DNA is mine. Right. By God. Right. 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 Probably not the part that's made him successful. <laughs> the part that made him tall. Yeah, right. You got that part. And athletic. Right. I mean, you know, that runs in the family. That's man. right. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you, uh, you taking the time and, and sharing your story and, and, uh, I'm a big fan of your music and love, uh, sharing the stage with you and, and hearing what you do is really, uh, really unique. And, and, you know, some stuff that, that, that can appear technical can sometimes lack a, a, a soul, right? But what I think that you do very well, you perform very technical, but the songs have depth and soul and they can speak to you on an emotional level. It's not you up there just shredding. It's, it all works really well together. And again, and again, the way that you incorporate various tunings and various instruments it's just a really compelling show and and i respect you as a as a songwriter uh and a performer well uh, thank you brian that's about the highest compliment i could be paid honestly (laughs) no i'm 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 very serious um that's that's about the nicest thing you could say and uh i'm a big fan of yours too you know and have been the the thing that impressed me most is when i called cole called you about oh five years ago now i think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw your show at the Tempe um, Songwriter Showcase or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so impressed with the Voce Project. Uh-huh. That's who you were there with then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I said, I would like to talk to this guy. And I called you up and you said, sure, let's meet for coffee. He didn't know who the hell I was, you know. <laughs> and um, you walked in wearing the vagina hat. I remember that very well. <laughs> I don't from- even know what that is. The vagina? Well, because I'm heterosexual, I know what that is. <laughs> what is a vagina hat? Oh, it was that hat, that pink hat that, that was popular um, oh, oh, for oh. the Me Too movement, yes, remember? Yes, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it didn't look like a vagina, but okay, it was, it was okay. 
emblematic of I see, I see, I see, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, yeah. That, Love that hat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you're wearing it today. <laughs> and just that, which is a, is a look. It's a look. It, it is. And that, that presented me with a visual I wasn't entirely prepared for. But thank you. Anyway, um, you've, you've been very supportive to so many people on so many different levels. And uh, I hope people tell you how much you're appreciated, too, because you need to Thanks, hear it. Man. Thank you. And it's it's true. I think we all need to hear it yeah. at this point, you know. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, appreciate your time. Thanks, Eric. It's great to see you. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So